0: You are about to enter another dimension. A dimension not only of sound, but of margin. The door to this world is guarded by two blithering idiots who cannot agree on what should be behind the door. Do not adjust your podcast device. Oh, actually, you may want to turn it down briefly. I think they're about to sing again. Next stop, the playlist of everything. Turn and film for how you're feeling What TV shows to suit your attitude Situation change What you find appealing? So we got together And made a podcast Making lists for different things And it's called A Playlist for Everything <laughs> A Playlist for Everything A playlist for everything, a playlist for everything Hello, welcome to A
1: Playlist of Everything. Martin, is your voice better now?
0: Yes, I've got a great voice now, yes. Thank you. I am enjoying... Expressing myself through song, something I believe you and I do very well. Yes, well,
1: people might not think we do it well, but we do express <laughs> in song. <laughs> Shall we say why you did that intro and how it fits into our theme this week?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the horror genre episode. This week, uh, Oh, your hosts will together try and tackle the vast... An exciting and scary genre of horror. This is a big one, Wilkes, I think.
1: This is a big one. How did you find it? Are you a big horror fan?
0: You know what? I I actually am. I thought I wasn't. Maybe it's because I've got older and maybe I've my tastes have slightly changed. But when I sat down to start thinking about my favourite horror movies, I realised there was a point of my life where... Yeah, I I watched mostly horrors and had a real buzz for horrors, a real interest for it. And I'm a massive scaredy cat. I get scared by a lot of things, but that really excited me. So, yeah, I think it's. uh, I think I am, or at least was, a horror fan.
1: See, I think I have to admit that I, I do enjoy the odds horror film, but I'm not a massive fan of horror. I find. Well, a bit like you, I don't really like to be scared that much. I oh, know you do like to be scared, but you just—I get, get scared, scared very easily.
0: Yeah.
1: I think I like—it's a bit like a roller coaster. It's like I like a roller coaster where you feel like you're enjoying every bump and everything like that. But you wouldn't want a roller coaster where you can see that the screws are coming undone and you just feel <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. You know that—that's where I am with horror. I don't want to feel uncomfortable and just be like, "Oh, this is." I'm just watching filth. At yeah. Time. Not the actual film, filth. I quite no. like that film, but.
0: I, I agree, yes. Uh, I'm not that into a certain type of horror, and I'm sure we'll we'll get there. But And I wouldn't say I'm a huge horror nerd, or buff, or whatever you want to call it. So I, while I really enjoyed it at the time, I think there's very little deep cuts for me. I think I'm very top-line, plain sailing, but I, I've i got to admit, I, I, I do enjoy that feeling of being scared, which is very easy. Well,
1: when I was picking up my list... I was trying to be very true to the sense of horror. I was trying to be respectful. Just because I'm not a massive horror fan, I wasn't going to go like, well, that is technically a horror film because of this, this and this. I've kind of, maybe, I don't think I've played it safe, but I have gone for what would be described as a traditional horror.
0: Okay, interesting. Interesting that you say traditional horror. So I initially tackled this by just blurting out the, the top three, four Five movies that come come to my mind when someone says horror straight away. And I ended up having to um, create a uh, table and almost do like, a um, in my own mind, a mini World Cup of uh, horror movies.
1: So, have you actually got this as a diagram?
0: I have a table with criteria and ticks and... Brilliant. We stuff sh- next to you it. should
1: take a picture and you put this on Twitter,
0: Twitter. I will, I will. Let's delve into it. What do you think constitutes a horror?
1: Hmm. We didn't really, I've just gone for what you would think a horror film is. It's sort of scary. Yeah, basically it needs to scare you.
0: Needs to scare you. Interestingly, that's where I landed too. Did this movie scare me?
1: Good. Similar here. So shall we start? Do you want to go first?
0: Uh, I can if you like.
1: Oh, I can go first. I don't mind.
0: My thinking when I, when I chose this, I was thinking, you're probably going to have this as well. So... I, I will say it, I'll go, go first, and you can let me know whether you picked it or not. Go on then. My first choice, top of the list, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? Well, a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. And he came up here with his wife and two little girls who think about eight and 10. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual but at some point during the winter he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown he ran amok
1: and uh, killed his family with an axe mom yeah you really want to go live in that hotel for the winter sure i do here's johnny No, I decided to avoid it. Ah! I just thought, I thought, no, nah, because it is the answer. I think it's been spoken about a lot. And we're going to hear someone talking about it again. Go on, mine. Why <laughs> have
0: you put The Shining in there? Um, well, it's the, the Shining is the uh, 1980 psychological horror thriller uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on the novel by Stephen King. It's so well known. It's been spoken about at length. There are some amazing documentaries on the making of it. For me, and for the reason I picked it, it it scared the heckins out of me. Um when I first me saw too, it Me too, me too. And I didn't even see it all the way through. I, I saw clips of it and bits of it when I was too young to really comprehend. So even before I even knew what the film really was or had seen the film, it had scared me. Scared me to the point that it worried me to ever even sit down and watch the movie when I was a bit older and could sit down and watch the movie. The reason it's top of the list the reason why i think it's top of a lot of people's list is it's a master class in tension building that's the main thing it's the master class in suggesting something and not really showing too much there, there, there's not many shots that would particularly make you jump one or two stand out but it's not about jumps it's Not particularly about gore, though, again, a couple of shots here and there that stick with you, that perhaps are a bit gory, but not to today's standards. But it really, really focuses on tension building. You watch that movie, it just builds and builds and builds, and you kind of need the release. And some of the violent bits, or some of those shots, are the release you need, because there isn't anything else that releases you from that movie. So, I don't think I can add much more to that, that anyone who's listening to this won't have already heard, probably said better. You, so,
1: what was it? Yeah, I'm glad you've chosen that because I would have felt a bit dirty if we did our lists and we didn't have The Shining in it.
0: Uh, that's why I thought we'll both, mm. we'll, you'll no, go, I'd, yes. I avoided it bad.
1: Yeah. But yeah, The Shining, Um, I remember being so scared of it. I think I watched it when I was about 12. And there's a little clip of them watching The Shining in the film Twister. And I completely went as white as a sheet because I, for some reason, as a 12-year-old, thought that my TV was being possessed by the film The Shining and The Little Girls. And, yeah, it had that effect on me for ages. Do you think um, because it's so um, popular and it's been parodied so much that it's almost lost its scare because of that?
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. Yes, I do think it does. But I also think it's lost a bit of its scare and this might be an indictment of modern horror movies, and I don't mean to put down modern horror movies. There are some great ones. But the nature of horror movies in the last decade, I think, makes it hard for some people to watch The Shining now, which, you know, 80s, it does seem old and dated, and invest enough into it to be pulled pulled into that um, tension building. When you're used to either gore, violence or jump scares as I previously said Shining almost has none of these or very few of these that it's easy to sit go and go well this is boring I don't know what, unless you sit forward and get invested in the movie and allow it to build up that tension in you it can turn out to be just a bit of a boring character piece between effectively three, four people so I can see how in this day and age it could be maligned or turn, or people could just not think it's As good as it once was, I just feel it needs a slight investment. It needs you to watch it and experience it rather than expect a boop or something, you know.
1: Yep, and I agree.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, should we move on then? Yes. Please.
0: What's your number one?
1: Okay, my first. Well, not my number one, but it's in my (laughs) three. All of these lists are in no particular order. We just want to make sure everyone understands that. So, I've gone for 2014's fourteen's Book.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Uh, the Babadook.
1: Oh, yeah. B- bit, yes, has... The
0: Bababook. The Bubbly Book.
1: Well, okay. Well, that's taken all tension a Sorry. The Bababook. The Bada Book.
0: The Bada. <sighs> I've got to read it now. <laughs> the Bada. The badabook. Baba duck.
1: <laughs> Where'd you get this? On the shelf. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the baba duck. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Baba duck, duck, duck. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. I need help. <laughs> it is real. It is
0: real. It
1: is real. Baba. It is the badadoo. Oh no! It's, yes, yeah, it's the bad. I've yeah typed it up wrong. But but it it's an anagram Duke. for. So here's a stat for you. It is an anagram for bad book. Okay. So, yeah, the reason why I chose this because it's an Australian film by Jennifer Kent and was very popular in Sundance in 2014. And it sort of took me by surprise. It was yeah, because it was sort of not yeah, as you were saying in like more recent horror films seem to be not quite. What were you saying? So sort of not not your classic. They
0: they they some more recent ones uh, rely a bit too heavily on jump scares or or violence and gore, and they don't invest enough time in tension building or character.
1: Yeah, exactly that. And with this, I'm scared to say Badabook now. Babadook. Badadook. Babadook. Babadook. On the surface, it feels like you know your conventional horror film. It's even got. A child in it, you know, mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. monster. The child's scared of the monster. The mother doesn't believe him. And it's following that. But then it it's, does a lot more because the mother um, starts to believe and becomes just as scared as the child, which is something that's very scary, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, the idea, you know, oh, the child could be scared of a monster. But if you see a mother as scared, it's terrifying. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's also it's another thing where it's really it's full of of isolation it's just the mum and the son in that house and it's really a war a woman's trauma of grief
0: yeah yeah it's 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 an allegory um of depression isn't it um and going through um things in life and really the babadook is uh the manifestation of one's um depressive or depression um spirals so you know if, if you do if you are someone who suffers from depression, the the idea of the Babadook is almost a bit like that dark spiral coming to your life every now and then and bring you down. Um, I I absolutely agree with you. Unfortunately, I wish I uh, could argue with it, but it is probably one of the best um, horror movies of the last ten years, at least maybe maybe longer. Um, and as you were saying, it, it, it invests in character really well um so you you care about them um and that kinda kinda of makes it more scary and it's got a wonderful monster d- design.
1: Yeah and it yeah and it does have um the jumps in it like most mm-hmm. films and mm-hmm. just a little bit more. I just wish I could say it.
0: <laughs> They're Babadook.
1: I also also want to say
0: on that, just to end it, um, on my uh, table of horror movies uh, that I was trying to pick for mine, I also did a little uh, Wilkes subsection of what I thought you were going to say. And number two on that list was The Babadook.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Okay, good. Well,
1: you got that
0: one right. I got that one right,
1: yeah. One out of two. One out of two.
0: Go on, what's your next one? Okay, my next one. My next one... I picked the thing. What thing? Hey. John Carpenter's the thing. Hey
1: Hey Can anyone hear me? Oh. This is US Station 31. Can you read me? We found something in the ice. We need some help down here. Can anybody hear me? We found something. We found something.
0: John Carpenter's 1982 uh, sci-fi horror movie, "The Thing," um, based on the short no- novel, um, "Who Goes There," set in uh, an, an Arctic uh, outpost, uh, Antarctica outpost, where um, a group of American researchers are um doing their work and they come across this parasitic extraterrestrial life form this scared the bejesus out of me as well um, similarly to the shining i think this is another masterclass in tension and paranoia this separates itself a lot from many of its of its uh, horror movie peers because it builds tension no one trusts anything it's done uh, on quite a low budget And again, there are great documentaries um, you can seek out about the making of this film um, and great theories and stuff. And as I said about the Babadook's character design, the monster character design in The Thing is another thing that sets it out. It's so icky, drippy, and it could be whatever. It, it It just stays with you. So for me, The Thing, again, builds tension as a scary monster, and it stayed with me for years after I watched it it is worth watching it it's not it's definitely worth inclusion here
1: well i have to confess i haven't seen it
0: oh. dun, dun, dun. wow that
1: i've again seen clips of it but yeah never seen it
0: it it's worth it's definitely worth uh seeking out wilkes i've i've also read the book some of the there are some great jump scares in there some of the greatest jump scares in in movie history you haven't seen it but to other people who have I'd say the um, scene where they're uh, testing everyone's blood is a particular one of the greatest jump scares of all time
1: I'll check it out can't really add much to it because I haven't seen it
0: (laughs) okay what's your next film
1: okay well I have seen this one Um, I've gone for Jaws there is a creature alive today Who has survived millions of years of evolution without change without passion and without logic it lives to kill a mindless eating machine it will attack and devour anything it is as if god created the devil and gave him Jaws. You're really going to need a bigger
0: boat. Ah! Did you put that down? That is also on my list. That was number one on my list. Yeah, of
1: course. <laughs> That's because it's the answer. There's not really much you can say about Jaws that hasn't been said, as we said with other ones, but, you know, the impact that this film had culturally, like, people are still terrified to go into the sea because of sharks. Absolutely. And that is, And that is because of Jaws, and... I guess the question mark here is, is it a horror film?
0: Is it a horror movie?
1: And I think it is. It's Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's the first blockbuster and it might be a bit popcorn, as you would describe it. It's a popcorn mm. film. But it's terrifying. <laughs> it's got the classic, it's, you know, the shark's a monster. It's building up this tension.
0: You could argue it's half a horror movie in the first half and then it becomes a buddy adventure movie at the end.
1: Yes. Yeah. It does. It does go that way. There's, you forget how long they spend on that boat just yeah. chatting.
0: And you forget how jaunty the music is when they're on their boat. You get <laughs> all the early stages of the... Then they're out on the boat and the second half. It's all... Mm. <laughs> it's great.
1: But I think that's sort of part of what you were saying about The Shining. It's about sort of building it up again, starting the tension. You know what's out there. You're like, oh, things are chilled out a bit, but you know that it's going to come back and get them. Yes. And this is... The best thing about this is the fact that you don't really see the shark. And to of that is due to the technical problems they had with the shark.
0: Absolutely, yep. Bruce the shark um, was not Bruce a good shark, on-screen yes. actor.
1: Named named after Spielberg's lawyers. Yes. Or lawyer. Lawyer. Oh, yeah. But... um. I didn't realize this but they had 3 sharks and each shark cost about $250,000. They did the tests and they didn't realize and they didn't test it in water. So like the first shark just sank to the bottom. But you wonder if say the say that it did work, what film would we have?
0: Ah, I mean um, that is almost a direct quote from Spielberg himself. He he has maintained that the best thing that has happened to Jaws was the fact that the Jaws didn't work most of the time, so he had to become more and more creative with how to show the shark and thus making it far scarier than it ever would have been had it worked perfectly. And he maintains that, uh, taught him filmmaking in general, that if it wasn't for Jaws having a notoriously uh, bad filming disaster. disaster, pushing it up to being so much more expensive than it was ever meant to be that Spielberg himself thought while he was making it, he's never going to get a chance to make a movie again because he would never make the money back that they've spent on this movie. And lo and behold, it set uh, Spielberg up as the person, the director we know today. The but... first
1: blockbuster released, wasn't it? The first film to be released um, nationally in yep. America.
0: and it, it defined the whole summer idea. So before uh, Jaws was released, when it was in the summer, the summer movie uh, scene was uh, known as a bit of a dead wasteland for movies so that's where they'd throw movies because at, at that time most people in the summers would go on holiday would do what do other things other than go to the cinema big summer blockbuster releases that we know now just didn't weren't a thing if you wanted movies to do well you'd, you'd release them in the um, autumn for the christmas period or you release them um... Fall. no one would release big movies in the summer until jaws was released in the summer just exploded, and it completely changed the um, landscape of movie making to what we know now.
1: I didn't realise that um, Spielberg wasn't originally going to direct it.
0: Uh, Did you know that? No, I didn't.
1: There's a guy. I haven't actually heard of him, but Dick Richards was originally down to direct. Hmm. But um, he got fired because he was in a meeting with the producers, and as he was discussing the scene, he said, you know, there's loads of people on the beach... And then the whale comes out of the ocean <laughs> and the producers weren't impressed at all. This, as in, if you're get, going to get a whale confused with a shark, yeah. this isn't a film for you.
0: Ah, that's, that's that's a you good... I've been
1: doing some research. It's
0: good, good <laughs> researching. It is, and this might be a future podcast idea for us, but it is widely considered one of the few movies that are actually better than a book it's based on.
1: Oh yes, I've read the book.
0: I have not read the book myself, but by all accounts is not very good. No,
1: it's not it doesn't have the music
0: (laughs) i was gonna say this this was going to be on my list but i pegged you to pick it it is up there with one of the right answers as well so i can't really disagree with you on this one either
1: (laughs) good well give me one i can disagree with what's your next one
0: okay i'm gonna say this was this was the last movie to truly scare me (laughs) And make me go and want to sleep in my parents' bed when I was young enough. And this is Poltergeist. They're
1: here. Poltergeist. It knows what scares you.
0: The 1982 Poltergeist. Interesting. Um, directed yep. by Toby Hooper, uh, produced by Spielberg, and you know, very much Spielberg influenced movie. For me, this is the classic thing that will scare me. Whatever you do, haunted house. I don't mind monsters. I don't mind real life slashes. I don't. I can even pass aliens. If there's a ghost in it and it's haunted house ghost, I turn into a, a, a crying little child. So this is the last movie that I remember having to sleep in my parents' bed because I was scared to go to sleep that How night. How old were you then? Um, 18 or 19. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I, I was about 10. I mean, 10 quite old to want to you know, sleep next to your dad because you're scared to go to sleep, but it was around that sort of time. The movie may seem dated now. Uh, I think that's probably its biggest flaw at this point. It is a little bit dated. Some of the graphics let it down a bit, but it's got some great scares. So the bit that scared me the whole time is the clown on the chair to under the bed, to pulling him under the bed. That will always um, terrify me or whatever happens.
1: Yeah, I can't really argue with you, unfortunately, because I'm terrified of Poltergeist as well, and it'll feature again later on. (laughs) <laughs> probably not in the same way. So I'm glad you've chosen that because I didn't go for it because the thing I did choose later on in TV shows scared me more than Poltergeist. Oh, interesting. And I'll explain why later. But yeah.
0: Just just a little uh, bit of, of trivia here. Two movies was born from a single script that was split apart, which were E.T. and Poltergeist. So originally they were going to be the same an, an alien invader in one house Spielberg saw it and decided to split them up and make one family-friendly and one ghosts and um, monsters. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So this, this uh, poltergeist was spawned from the same script that also spawned E.T. A little bit of trivia. But,
1: no, I won't, I, I, That's good trivia. I won't tr- shame you about your thing about E.T.
0: <laughs> d- 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 that is no longer the case. I have seen E.T. now, so
1: when well, I haven't seen the thing so <laughs>
0: okay Wilkes what's your last choice on movies
1: okay I've gone for a film that when I first thought of it I thought no it's not up there and I thought actually no it is I'm going to stick up for it I've gone for Sixth Sense you
0: know the accident up right there yeah
1: someone got her they did a lady she broke her neck oh my god but you can see
0: her yes Where is she? Standing next to my window.
1: I see dead people walking around like regular people. M. Night Shyamalan.
0: M. Night Shyamalan.
1: From 1999. And I think the reason why I thought, no, it's not quite up there, is because I think people are so obsessed with the twist at the end and have nothing else to add and just get completely just... Boggled down with that mm-hmm. that they forget that the actual film is brilliant and looking at the criteria for horror films it's got it all in there it's got ghosts yes it's got a little boy that sees ghosts yes that's what you want
0: yes and it it has some quite scary moments as well
1: yeah there's like moments where it stays with me when that ghost is running out him with her slit wrists that is mm-hmm. disgusting
0: <laughs> I didn't see it first time round. And I've never seen it without knowing the twist. So I personally oh. have always had it m- much lower in my list of things. I haven't revered it as much as some people who saw it and had didn't get the twist or saw it first time round. So I've never not had it spoil, and thus I've never really held it in high regard.
1: Ah, oh, that's a shame.
0: I do think this is... A mistake on my part, not necessarily the film.
1: Yeah, you have to plan because the the twist is like because it's some films you're going in there going oh I wonder what the twist is for this. Where originally with Sixth Sense it was just this is a good film and then bang out of nowhere and it, you do get that enjoyment, but you're enjoying the ride to get there as well. Mm. But and it also might be a film that struggles with being quoted so much. Um, it was the most popular dvd slash vhs in the year 2000 and like most horror films that become popular it was a bit of a sleeper hit it's mm-hmm. always a word of mouth yes pop- you know it's not many people rush to the cinema to see it but
0: it is quite a slow movie as well there, there are there are large yeah. periods of time where you know there's quite quietness going on
1: and bruce willis is it's not your usual bruce willis film he's very subtle in it
0: yeah i think for, for a performance uh, could be up there with one of his best
1: yeah, I think so. Although he, I don't think he really wanted to do it because... Um, <laughs> what, Bruce Willis was...
0: doing a movie he doesn't really want to do? That doesn't well, sound like him.
1: <laughs> well, he was in a contract with Disney and he had to do two films with him. And he had um, this was the first of them. And he had just got a director fired off a film called Broadway Brawler. Okay. So that film never happened. So he owed Disney a film. And so he only got paid half his salary for The six cents, which wasn't too bad. It was still 10 million.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like Bruce Willis hasn't wanted to be a film star since about the 90s. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. He's doing
1: really well at it now. He's doing well in it now.
0: Doing a lot of questionable movies. But yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's definitely an interesting character. So yeah. that's
1: my final one.
0: That's good. Wow. Um, that's all the movies, is it? That is all the movies. My last one I had down as, as a speculative guest that I thought you might have gone for was 28 Days Later.
1: Oh, I did think about that. Yeah. Um, shall I say a few that I thought about putting in the list?
0: Um, I will say that this being a, a horror genre, huge. And there's so many different routes we go down. We quite likely will visit this again at some point in a future Episode.
1: Well, just on my think, it's like so. I was either going to go with Jaws or I was going to go with Psycho, just because I thought both sort of inspired other horror films. Yes. And my other one was I was going to go for. We need to talk about Kevin.
0: Oh. Now I might have had to query you on that one. I don't know where I stand on horror that has no extra. I don't know. Psycho doesn't either, so maybe I've already ruined my argument. Yeah. I, I, okay, okay, I, I Neither does Jaws. Yeah, but, the, but, but that kind of shark doesn't exist, you know, with with, the, with its creative thinking. Another movie I considered in this recent uh, Get Out, although the science in that yeah. is, is-
1: That's psychological.
0: Yeah. Um, so it was it's, it's the distinction between a horror and a psychological horror generally is one has supernatural the other one doesn't often and then you've got slasher which is 50 uh, 50 or whether it's an actual person or you know michael miles or jason voorhees a monster
1: sounds like a stupid rule
0: <laughs> other things i thought of was um the blair witch project because it it it, it spawned a new style of horror movies, I thought that. But I wasn't sure how much I liked it and I didn't want to revisit it because I think I've swung back and forth so often whether I actually think it's a really good movie or I think it's, it is what it is. If you I think it's me. rubbish. So, do you?
1: I think the film itself is awful it was all the hype around it it was the marketing of that film that was brilliant Mm. in fact i would say um i remember there's a documentary about the film to try and sell the film
0: yeah and
1: that was better than the actual film because it made it real
0: yeah um and then my other there's another whole bunch of movies i was going to add to this as well and think about it but it had it has a strong secondary genre that I thought, you know what, I'm going to save for another time. And that is basically the horror comedy. So on on my list, initially at one point, I had Shaun of the Dead, American Werewolf oh, in no. London, uh, which does count. Uh, Cabin in the Woods and Beetlejuice were all ones that were floating around and being considered.
1: Yeah, d- different genre for me, that. Okay, should we go to TV shows?
0: Let's do it. TV shows. TV shows.
1: we're in TV shows now.
0: Hey. Okay.
1: On the other side.
0: The other side. We're into TV do we go shows. Ah, uh, I think you should go first this time.
1: Okay, I'm going to go for what I think's my weakest. Actually, no, it's not the weakest of my choices. <laughs> Oh dear, I haven't chosen well. No, I'm gonna stand by this one. Stand by it. Stand by gone, your choices. I've you... gone I've gone for true blood. When you came in the air I... <laughs> And now what you're thinking, you're like, that's not horror. And it wasn't in all of its seven seasons it went on for a long time and it did lose its way but the um the first season was a pure serial killer who's done it but with vampires on top it was gory it had jumps and it followed the traditional vampire storyline
0: on my list of what i thought wilkes would go for for tv this also was number one on the list
1: was it it was
0: it was also in my list and then I bumped it for uh, a few other things when they came to my mind but I unfortunately agree early seasons particularly up to about season three I think it was at its strongest it is horror it's vampires there's lots of bloody murders
1: see I didn't know you watched it
0: yeah we we watched it together
1: (laughs) Uh, oh yeah we did oh yeah we did when we lived together yeah
0: one thing it did better than a lot at the time, it had one of the best theme songs and intro credits.
1: I was going to mention that. It was, yeah, iconic title sequence. That's what I meant, title sequence. Brilliant. Yep. Um, it was probably the first sort of TV show I saw in HD. Oh, okay. Weirdly. It came out around 2008. Yeah. So I think that's when I first got an HD TV, and I remember going, this looks brilliant. And,
0: yeah, I, I think...
1: Is it the strongest horror thing?
0: I think it went a bit soapy towards the end. It
1: did. It just sort of mixed genre. It became quite sci-fi and it just ran out of ideas, I think. You had Anna Paquin who played Suki and it was good because she sort of transitioned from being the damsel in distress to being the hero. Absolutely. She was almost like um, Signori, Signor, <laughs> words Sigourney but. Weaver. Sigourney Weaver in Alien. She was that sort of brutal at the end.
0: Yes. Lots of sex, lots of progressive uh, characters. Um, They were quite bold. Lots of sex? Lots of sex. (laughs) They they, they they were quite bold in the early uh, stages of of it. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to kick off. No, no, not yet. Um, Okay, what's your next one?
0: Well, my first one, isn't it?
1: What's your first one?
0: (laughs) The Haunting of Hill House. Now I want you two to get good rest. What if I
1: have a bad dream? I'm sure we can handle any dream you have. (laughs) (laughs) Would you wake us up?
0: Which is the supernatural horror that is on Netflix. Directed by Mike Flanagan and produced by Amblin Television, so there's a bit of the Spielbergianness behind it. It is based on a novel. It is one of the truest horror TV shows that there's been on TV for a while. Overall, it's got good, strong writing, good cast and good production values. But episode six, The so Two Storms, is a fantastic technical achievement because it is filmed as if a single shot so the whole episode starts on a steady cam where they're at a funeral and a storm is outside. Then follow them around without any cut, and they go between the funeral house and the family home 10 or 20 years apart. It, it is just a masterpiece of technical achievement to do this. It's like they, like they did in uh, 1917, and to be scary, because they put so much detail into this one episode, particularly where they move things around between shots. You know, statues move and everything. It's just glorious.
1: Yeah, um, it scared me. I only watched two episodes because. <laughs> um, ah, so I should have said relaxing. sorry. I should have Doing...
0: said spoiler warning for episode six because I, I I forgot you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I probably won't watch it because that's my problem with horror. It's like there's no part of me that goes, oh, shall I put that on? I'd <laughs> be un- uncomfortable for an hour
0: Ah, But you would love episode 6 You'd love the two storms You'd love just the technical achievement Of the um, continuous shot
1: No that's a good answer Because I think it's probably the most scariest thing out At the moment I believe it's getting a second series Yes coming uh, coming
0: soon The Haunting of Bly Manor And that's on um, Netflix, Netflix And it? it's due October the 9th of this year 2020 So okay. right in time for Halloween Yes
1: yeah it's good I, I wish we could disagree about things but yeah. it's not at the moment okay are you ready for my next one please i have gone for black mirror
0: it's only so much wonder we can bear. That's why when you find any wonder whatsoever, you dole it out in meager portions. And only then, till it's augmented and packaged and pumped through 10,000 pre-assigned filters, till it's nothing more than a meaningless series of lights.
1: Whatever they're doing to you, whatever they've done to you, it's dangerous and we really have to go. Now, Cooper. The screening shows it. Is that what you want for the next generation? And, um, yeah, and certain episodes, I think, are just true horror. Let's see which ones you like. I think the scariest one for me was um, Playtest in season three, which was the, um, do you remember the computer game one? I do, one? It was, I do. It be- it was basically they're living in Resident Evil. Yep. It felt very much like that, the haunted house. And that, yeah, that is just pure, it's just scary, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But then, but I think all, all of the Black Mirror episodes have a sense of horror, some more than others. Um, White bear that was season two, where the woman wakes up being chased by masks. Yep. And then there's um, Men Against Fire, where they're in the war zone in season three, and um, and then the enemy—they've made them all roaches. Do you remember that? It's like that virtual reality.
0: I think I—I I, I think I've missed that one.
1: But the idea is that the propaganda to get these soldiers to fight is they virtually alternated the enemy to look like monsters. And then, um, of course, season four, um, USS Callister, the Star Trek.
0: Yes. Um, homage. Very, good, art. A very good episode. Very dark. But not necessarily a horror, but.
1: No, there's an entrapment there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it is. Uh, Black Mirror is horror in the same way that, you know, like we started this whole whole episode, the Twilight Zone or the Outer Limits is. It... It's
1: exactly that. It, it's the new Twilight Zone. Yeah. People used to say, oh, it's like something out like of the Twilight Zone. And now people are saying, oh, oh, it's a bit Mar- Black Mirror, yeah, this. a
0: bit Black Mirror, yeah.
1: Generally, technophobes. Technophobes, where they do a fingerprint on the phone and go, oh, it's a bit Black Mirror, this.
0: Yeah. Uh, you could argue that 2020's been a bit Black Mirror overall, you know. You, I've you heard that turn... a lot. Yeah. I've heard uh, that you know, a lot, A lot yeah. of people have said that a lot. You know, Charlie Brooker is is brilliant in, in what he does. In... Yeah,
1: he is. So Even like... Um... Before Black Mirror, when he did things like Dead Set. Yeah, it was called Dead Set, wasn't it? The zombie big brother yeah. mash yeah. for Channel 4. That was good. But yeah, Black Mirror, are they, I don't even know. they stopped doing Black Mirrors? I think there's no news on their new series yet, is there?
0: No, but I think it's still... There are new stuff to come. It might just be in a bit slight hiatus to give Charlie Brooker and the other writers time to do a few other things, and I think they are mm-hmm. definitely going to revisit it. I mean, Black Mirror Bandersnatch was one of the biggest events for Netflix in its history, whether you liked it or not, some people either or, that kind of uh, name recognition and that kind of interactive and viewership will mean that they'll definitely want it to return.
1: And that's also on Netflix.
0: Also on Netflix,
1: yes. Originally on Channel 4. Yes. Okay, so what's your next one?
0: Next choice is the British TV series Inside Number Nine. What I did, I did for the Lord. And the devil thanks you kindly. He's dead!
1: We will get something to air for you. Wisdom. They're saying Which are my thoughts. Hello? Someone
0: there. Mm, okay, okay. Inside number nine is a black comedy anthology series written by Reese Searsmith and Steve Pemberton of the League of Gentlemen fame and other things. They're, they're a great writing pair. All of their stuff they write together have this sense of macabre and i think that's where inside number nine can stand on a horror it's not it's not all horror a bit like black mirror each is a standalone anthology almost like a a one-act play you you set the scene and they do a twist and because of their uh, sensibilities most of those twists are quite dark and sometimes creepy sometimes weird sometimes surreal it has some excellent episodes which are pure classic horror and one i want to focus on and pick out right now is deadline which was the halloween special 2018 this halloween special
1: is that the one shot one
0: that's the live broadcast one that's the one that was done live I remember watching it, I just love all the little details they did, so they even started using that night's BBC Two's voiceover artist, oh, yes, introduces noticed, it yeah. as a, a, a continuity artist would and so coming up now. Then when it starts to break down, the idea is that they're having technical issues on this live event, they cut back to the continuity artist who then goes, oh sorry we're having trouble here, keep cutting back and forward. As they do, they build up the tension, they build up the scares, they build up the freakiness. They interrupt it like it gets cut off with old footage from some uh, BBC archives, but done in a way that is really surreal and freaky. And you see Reece Searsmith and Steve Pemberton as themselves behind the scenes you know it cuts into cctv footage of them and they're like oh, i don't know what's going on we've spent so much money we have tried so much is it even trending and that was one of the wonderful things they did is it trending online oh yeah i could see this is trending and they were they actually said real tweets that were going out at the time it's it's gloriously done they are two of the best people writing this kind of uh drama out there um
1: yeah yeah, um, <laughs> my main problem with it all is, the yeah, it's a great episode. I haven't properly seen it, so I say it's great, even though I haven't seen it. But technically, I've heard a lot of things about it, and it sounds great. But is it truly horror, or is this black comedy?
0: I'm going to say it's mostly black comedy. But a bit like um, Black Mirror, where it has some episodes which are more, like, Uh, emotionally led some which are more horror some of which are more sci-fi they they do the same thing but i think the um that air of macabre runs through every episode of inside number nine which leaves it leaning towards the horror genre more than any other genre more than sci-fi more than i think it leans on horror more often than not but yes it is a black comedy
1: okay yeah so if we were going to do a playlist of everything black comedies you're going to be putting in tv shows i probably wouldn't pick
0: well i might pick this because they are very good but <laughs> i would probably pick potentially pick something like psychoville in that sense or, or there are other black comedies out there this isn't just one but this one does divert to horror very very regularly and i just feel like they they have that air. It's kind of like you know these the tales to creep you out. You know unexpected. T- you know that's kind of. It, it's all very much in the uh, wheelhouse of horror. I think.
1: Yeah, some of them. <laughs> I would say in the same way that um, the Simpsons is. Oh, no, oh special. look
0: at you. You're just trying to find <laughs> something to disagree with now. It's not a Halloween special. <laughs> This is everything. <laughs> was this a Halloween special? This was a Halloween special, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And the other one I mentioned,
1: that was a Halloween special, wasn't
0: it? Which other. No. Um,
1: they've only done one
0: specified okay. Halloween special. The others might come around, around Halloween, but they're not specific.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, shall I go on to my final one? Uh, yes, please. I have gone for. Um, remembering that you chose Poltergeist as one of your scariest films,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I said this scared me more than Poltergeist okay. because and it's about Poltergeist. This is strange but true. Good evening. The most remarkable case of poltergeist activity this century took place in 1977. It occurred in North London, and it's known across the world simply as the Enfield poltergeist. Wow. That is. (laughs) Michael Aspel presented this documentary from 1993 for ITV. And I remember as a kid, just flicking it on in bed and just watching this thing. And it was a special about the Enfield poltergeist. And it was about this girl that got um, possessed by a poltergeist. Mm -hmm. And I think what really freaked me out was because it was in the 90s and I was very young is if I saw a documentary I just thought it was real, it was true, even though these were reconstructions and also the programme was called Strange But True. Mm. I was thinking, this is real! And I actually just (laughs) I was remembering bits of it things are just so vivid in my head but I remember running downstairs screaming, going is about poltergeist and i've been scared of them ever since and i'm more scared of them because of this than i was a polter wow
0: that is interesting um but
1: do you, do you ever watch this yes
0: yeah it scared me the same way i found it really, <laughs> I, I found it quite scary uh, i have uh, i don't know if it counts though it, it it it's a documentary about scary things it's not a design to be horror uh it,
1: uh, it scared me the the
0: interestingly the M Enf- the one that you remembered the Mfield haunting is actually uh quote unquote true case and it's also what the second conjuring movie is uh based on as well yes so uh um, well um
1: <laughs> i am um, watched this this backhand to research for the show and uh let's just say it's not very scary <laughs> anymore i reckon um, it there's a bit when um there's a bit where they're doing experiments with a girl and they put tape over her mouth to see because she's communicating. And they're like, how is she doing that? Her mouth, her lips aren't moving. And then they do it over and it's literally a voice just goes, they go, what is your name? And you're like, oh, this is going to be scary. And he just goes, my name's Bill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen some of that um, footage. I feel like I would be more if... Uh more willing to accept it if it was um most haunted the um do you remember that one that, that sort of came out the, the yeah, event yeah. fielding and cuz that was much more constructed and much more horrific uh i, I guess strange for true is hilarious it scared me. yeah i was thinking of outside the box and i was thinking of things that might have scared me we'll come to them when i come to the end of my list something that i was putting down but
1: I bet. I think I know what it'd
0: be. Um, okay. What's your last one then? My last. Or do you want to dismiss? No. 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 Strange uh, straight but true. Um, hilarious choice, uh, but I, I, I don't think I can knock it down too much because it, it also freaked me out. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you know. I think if you're the right age, if we, it definitely was enough to ooh, get your um, mind going. Okay. My last one. Not too dissimilar to your first choice. Um, it is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You are the Slayer. Into each generation, a Slayer is born. One girl in all the world, a chosen one, one born with a strength,
1: strength and skill to hunt the vampires, vampires. To stop the spread of their evil. Blah blah blah. I've heard it. Okay. Can't even
0: shout. Can't even cry. The gentlemen are coming by, looking in windows knocking on doors they need to take seven and they might take yours Ugh. i know um it's this is one of my uh, favorite shows of all time conceived and created by Joss Whedon it premiered 1997 but so much now has been written in hindsight about or spoken about buffy as being seminal so there's not much more i can add to that I just want to pick out an episode which is scary and has an int- interesting technical aspect to it. And that's Hush, the 10th episode in the fourth season. And this one...
1: Okay, before you okay, do, no. before you do I just, just if, I, if I just put Buffy the Vampire Slayer into IMDb, um, they've gone for action, drama,
0: fantasy. Supernatural drama, <laughs> horror. Teen drama. Where are you seeing uh, that? That's the Wikipedia of it, but it is it is. Oh. You can't you can't change it from not being horror because absolutely everything that's involved uh, vampires, werewolves, demons, ghosts. Uh any other number of monsters there's a there's a Frankenstein in it at one point there's oh god
1: there's there? there's
0: there's Jekyll and hypes in it there's every single horror creation monster wise appears throughout Buffy Buffy is set in a world where these things exist set in a horror world so it has to be considered horror but is it scary is it scary some episodes much like hush have good character designs and there is the odd jump scare particularly later on but ultimately no not really there isn't (laughs) that much in there to scare you other than some of the social aspects you know you sleep with your boyfriend for the first time and he turns into a blood-sucking vampire that kind of fear
1: now it's horrible when that happened to you
0: (laughs) yep uh and i've I've never forgiven you (laughs) hey So yes, (laughs) Hush particularly is, you know, there's a lot of standalone episodes in Buffy, but this one is one that is almost completely devoid of speech. 90% of the episode is done silently. Well, not silently, no speech. There's music, score. It has one of the best of the Buffy monsters, the uh, gentlemen, look absolutely terrifying. And they're brought to life by one of the best monster character actors, Doug Jones. And they're these levitating, skull-looking, smiling, creepy monsters. So yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hush. Horror.
1: So we've done... Three podcasts so far and you've mentioned Buffy or Buffy spin-offs twice. Actually. Um spin-offs, Angel.
0: Okay, so I've okay, so I've mentioned a uh, Buffy <laughs> into Out of three. That's fine. we're doing horror. <laughs> we're doing horror. So it is very horror. Yeah, but I think you're
1: gonna find a way of squeezing <laughs> Buffy into every podcast. to be like, What's your favourite news stories? And you'd be like, Oh, that one where Buffy episode, <laughs> where she's a news reporter.
0: Well, hey, it's a good show.
1: Okay. What, this or Buffy? Well,
0: this isn't yet, but Buffy, definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we're done with TV shows. Yes, we are. Any any others that you didn't say? Oh, yes. Well, I was thinking of that sort of what was scary as a kid, mm-hmm. and round the twist i i had round I the twist. Have that
0: uh, that was gonna be one i actually watched about four episodes around the twist because i wanted to figure four. out if they... yeah because you can find them all on uh, youtube so they, they yeah. just play back so i watched back to back and i was like wow this hasn't aged well and the ones that i remember no. are scary scarecrow
1: is the one i remember
0: scarecrow i also remember that where he got the little mouth i didn't like i didn't like oh that at yes all. yeah I watched both of those episodes and thought, like, well, they're not, they're not that scary anymore. But, I mean, I guess we were watching them when we were like, I don't know, yeah. eight or nine or younger, so they were scary. So, yeah, that was on my list. My, on my list for what I thought you would say, I had Dead Set Down, which you mentioned, but you oh, yeah. didn't actually say. No. I flirted with Stranger Things.
1: Oh, I thought about Stranger Things, but just way away from it. Yeah. You think about Walking Dead?
0: Yeah. I mean I thought I also thought more zombie things in the movie ones but I don't know zombies just I don't really do it for me like 28 days later I think it's because of the isolation of London and that feeling Walking Dead just I mean we watched the first season together I don't remember ever wanting to go back after we finished the first season I tried
1: to ca- I tried to for another half a series and then gave up again
0: just didn't mm. do
1: it for me interesting anything else
0: or last one i really thought about at one point was being human
1: oh yes i did think that but it just wasn't scary enough for me
0: yeah and if i'm honest i think it only has one good series They like recast that's yeah. it and I, um so i was like nah it's probably not good enough to be mentioned yeah cool we'll see you on the
1: flip side for some music, music. there you are yes yeah, so now we're looking at the scary music now what were you looking for on this one martin did you have any credentials for this or were you just going for what scares you
0: no no didn't go for what scares me this is a tricky one and this is where we normally start falling out when it comes to music so i wanted to pick something that had a theme of horror that wasn't to Halloweeny good. were inspired by horror tropes, themes, content, yeah. and I. Although you're you're probably gonna disagree when you hear them, I actually try to avoid songs that were used in horror movies themselves, good. unless unless good. they were songs way prior, like you know.
1: That's fine. Oh, good because yeah. I was worried that you were gonna go the Psycho theme, the Jaws theme. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. No.
0: no. 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 I wasn't going to go themes at all at this point. That that that's another that's another podcast. This was this was we specified. This was songs. They had to be like songs. I I thought. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Creepy songs. Okay. So what have you got first? You haven't gone for creepy songs. <laughs>
0: all right. So my first choice for horror theme song is this. <laughs>
1: You ain't gonna give it back. He can't push his own road as he's set up on the track. Nothing you can't contemplate will ever be the same. Every second is a new spot. That's the universe of
0: fame. That is Iron Maiden, the Wicker Man. So, what made me pick this? Well, when I thought of horror styling. In a band, I instantly went Iron Maiden. This is a classic rock band that entire image is based around zombies, monsters, this kind of, but it's in that glorious kind of hammer horror style stuff. I also decided that I could just pick them randomly, but I had to pick a song that I actually liked and used to listen to. I really liked this song, and it's The Wicker Man. Obviously, that is a reference to the movie, though it that was only a reference to the movie. They just e- exemplify. They just are this kind of that kind of campy, over the top horror band, and and they're they're an influential band of all time. They are they're one of the greatest uh, rock slash metal band, heavy metal bands of all time.
1: Okay, you've um, I did think about going down this route, and I want to disagree with you, but no, you've just gone a different way with it. I think it's fine. You know, it is. It's this sort of, it's that. It's its own genre. It's this sort of horror metal. It's yeah. It's, I would say there. I would say there. There's a few. It's its own sub sub genre. You've got Alice Cooper, yeah. Marilyn Manson. It's camp.
0: They're they're almost. I was describing it to to Kate, and I said they're almost like the glam rock of metal.
1: They are. Yeah. It didn't scare me, but I think that's fine. Yeah, I'm interested in your other choices because it's, it's variety. It's fine. It's good.
0: Maybe, maybe you're gonna you're gonna prove me wrong. But h- how many songs actually scare you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm about to hear.
1: <laughs> well, okay, prepare to be afraid because I'm gonna play you a scary song. I went dark for this, not for this song, but just in my research. But I didn't go that dark. I instead stumbled across this. Michael Jackson part of his history album in 95 I think it
0: was surely was that the, scary uh, surely the scariest thing about it is that it's Michael Jackson yeah
1: <laughs> obviously there's problems which adds another fear factor into it but that's a scary little song and it's about a real story about as Susie died in 1972
0: it's creepy, yeah, and it uses a lot of. It's a sort of force a creepiness, you know, the kid and the opera or whatever. It's um, just using
1: the conventions that a horror film would use. It's a horror song.
0: Yeah, okay, okay, okay. It's um, got
1: creepy girls singing,
0: check. <laughs> it, it's
1: almost like got a Danny Elfman sort of classical music in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I thought, this is good. This is a horror song.
0: Horror song. I. I actually don't know if i know it that well like so right up until uh jackson started singing i was like i'm still not sure what this song is and i was about to call you on did you just google some you know random no. scary you know and i was like it okay.
1: used to get sk- it's an album track you know it's not really good enough to be released as a single but mm. and it used to always sort of and it doesn't suit michael jackson's album it just suddenly comes out of nowhere and you're like skip yeah okay because his voice isn't well. I'm sure his voice is scary to some people, but yeah. it's not.
0: <laughs> it's not
1: really a menacing sound.
0: And but everything else is not not your typical Jackson horror song.
1: No, no, most people go for thriller at Halloween, but I would say yeah. that that's just as <laughs> <a> scary.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I, I I am surprised by that, and that's good. That that's a good interesting choice i've gone to Um, dark
1: places for my research
0: i've gone completely the other way for this one and the song i've gone for and i'm sure you're about to tear me apart so i'm prepping myself is this one So. Bad Moon Rising by Credence Clearwater Revival. This was written way before it was used in American Werewolf in London. And it's a song about an apocalyptic hurricane on a way to destroy your town. And you don't go out tonight. There's a bad moon on the rise. People are scared. All the imagery, all the lyrical work is sort of this horror. But it's a jaunty song as well.
1: So how did you land there?
0: It's a good song. <laughs> I like it, it's worth it's worth a note, because Creedence, Clearwater, Revival are a great underrated band. Yes, it, it, the, the lyrics on the same kind of horror, feared, you know, there's a bad moon on the rise, trouble, earthquakes, lightning, bad times today. Ooh. You got, you know, looks like nasty weather, one eye is taken for an eye, you know, don't come around tonight, and there's a bad moon <laughs> on the rise. So, you know, you hear the voice of rage and ruin. Yeah, it's it's it's, just, a, it's a horror uh, song with ima- imagery. A it's horror not scary. Song. So. It's not a scary <laughs> song, but the imagery makes it um
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of songs about dark things, but they're not horror, they're not they're just about serious matters.
0: But the yeah, there are and I I I I I missed a few off, but this because also because it does have that werewolfy Idea. It, you can throw it on. You can hear it. It gets played at Halloween because people remember it for. Does it? Yeah, yeah. I've heard it played. <laughs> it was used in both uh, American Werewolf in London and Howling, and any pretty much any werewolf movie that's come uh, since the eighties.
1: I I really like the f- song. I actually dislike the song more because you've chosen it for this theme. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely going down different routes here. We are. Okay this is my next one
0: whenever you rent or buy a video you need to be sure that the film you choose is suitable for the audience at home to help you there are certificates given to films which tell you broadly what the film is like this film has been classified 18 sit down bitch you move again I'll beat the shit out of you don't make me wake this baby she don't need to see what I'm about to do quit crying bitch why you always make me at you oh. There to give you the chance to make an informed choice. They allow you to have peace of mind and be entertained. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the film.
1: Yes. Yeah, so that's "Kim" by Eminem, and that is a revolting, disgusting horror song.
0: It's the torture porn of songs. It's not oh, that horror. It's just a, It's it's horrific, but it's not horror.
1: Mm. I think it pretty much is. He's um, yeah. So Eminem in that song is portraying the idea that he hates his ex girlfriend so much that he wants to kill her and slit her throat. <laughs> He's playing the part, but he actually did want to kill her. And yeah, it's I still don't really understand how he didn't get in more trouble for yeah. releasing a song like that. But um weirdly, so that was on the Marshall Mathers LP album in 2000. Um they got divorced in two
0: thousand and one, but <laughs> I wonder why.
1: <laughs> they got married again in
0: two thousand and six. Wow, I didn't know they got. But then married they got
1: di- Well, they got divorced the same year as well.
0: Fair enough. But um, that's a scary song. I don't think that's you know you, you, that's, that's like about a murder. That's a real thing. It's not horror as such. That's that's more like a thriller, well, I'm, if I'm anything.
1: We, well, <laughs> well, yeah. I would say murder's pretty horrible.
0: Yeah, but there's, a, you know, it's like you, you you put in, you know, Murder and the Orient Express. You're not thinking it's a horror movie. You're thinking that's a detective murder mystery thing. You know, <laughs> well, you no put... one's
1: trying to work out who's killed Kim. It's obviously <laughs> Eminem.
0: I know, and then you know, you you can you could put any uh, movie that has or or that kind of genre, anything with a genre with that has someone murder someone as a horror. I I don't think that's. I I wouldn't call Kim horror. There's a few songs similar to that that have these themes of murder or deception or what, you know, murder. Um, I'm going to beat around the push. Themes of murder. Now, I thought they just don't necessarily count as horror. Then you you need something else. And yes, the descriptive nature of this song, I think you could push to it. It's a bit like, it's like the hostel of songs because he does, the anger and the descriptions are quite Mm. grotesque. So
1: yeah, maybe it'd be more of a horror if they talked about a moon more and a jaunty <laughs> theme.
0: Bad Moon Rising isn't a scary song. I wasn't looking necessarily for scary songs. I was looking for songs that you could fit into horror. Out. Bad Moon Rising, you know, is almost like the horror comedy of 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 this uh, of these picks. But this <laughs> this is this is a anger and psychopath and murder. But it's not necessarily. What I, what, how I would view horror with, um, you know, horror as a genre. It, it's this, this depths it de- delves into, you know, social realism and thriller, and because not not every murder depicted depicted in art and entertainment like this necessarily make them a horror movie or horror TV show or horror song. I, I think that's a horrible song, but I don't know if it's horror.
1: <laughs> well get in touch on our Twitter (laughs) at a playlist off, which is basically what I say to put a full stop to the conversation if I disagree.
0: Fine. Okay, what have you got next? My last last one is... Is it Ghost by Ella Henderson? You will probably think I'm breaking all my own rules here, but hopefully you won't as well, and I can tell you why. It's this. Oh, oh, Oh. pose a call off carmen Abrama, and that is the O fortuna movement
1: yes i don't think that's scary or horror i see that as anticipation
0: <laughs> you're just saying that
1: it's no i don't bit... i don't see it as like oh scary i just see it as in like i think it reminds me too much like a comedian's about to come on stage at the apollo or
0: something uh, like the song is actually about the malevolent fate that wields um on you and that you've got you've got no chance you can't go against fate fate will fate is the ultimate monster this i'm paraphrasing the lyrics here health and virtue and all you have is to live and die it's very creepy very hateful it's powerful um, I thought you were gonna dismiss it because you thought it was used for the omen, and it's that's not true. It uh, hasn't, it didn't appear in the omen. A lot of people think it did and think of it as the I Damien tune from the omen, but it's it's not. But a lot of people put it towards that kind of the devil or other demons and stuff coming to you. So I think that, and I think I find it it's very. It starts loud, it gets, it, it, it goes quiet, it builds and builds and builds and builds and I, I think it's, I think it it has a ho- almost horror narrative, big scare, goes quiet, goes quiet, goes quiet, big scare, goes quiet, goes quiet. Like quiet. Kim. <laughs> like Kim. No, I would say,
1: um, well, it's definitely better than your first choice, but I, I would almost go say, okay, I like that choice. <laughs>
0: So you, you're saying you don't like yeah, I think The Wicker Man or uh, no, Bad Moon uh, Rising?
1: Wickham, well, I, th- I think you started okay, then you got bad, and then I thought you're going to get go really oh, yeah, bad. But go you on. Went, you, that's probably my favourite one now, that well, one.
0: No, go in so on then, done quite Mr. contrary well. Cherry. Well, what's your last? Laugh?
1: <laughs> well, I, don't think you, I think you're going to like my last one, because so far on the show, we started off just agreeing, agreeing, and then we got to songs, and it went... Uh,
0: As it always does.
1: And now I think we're going to end quite happily. Okay, ready? <wacham> nauc- <através> number nine. 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 Okay, so that is Revolution 9 by the Beatles on their White Album. So, this has got a lot of story, this song, hasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, on the White Album in 1986, it's the Beatles' longest ever song, around just under nine minutes, and it's weird. I, I think John Lennon, he was the only one that wanted this song on the album, and he was getting very arty and it was sort of a sound collage. And he was hanging out with Yoko a lot. So that's why it's on there. And it's it's quite an eerie thing to listen to. It's full of screaming and someone saying the number nine a lot. Yes. But this is the exciting bit. The reason why I've put it on is because of the big conspiracy theory that this started. Of <laughs> Paul McCartney's death in uh, 1965.
0: I have heard the conspiracy theory, but I didn't know the relationship to Revolution 9. So tell me.
1: So they're saying, I think there was a DJ in Australia who started this hoax where apparently if you listen to it on reverse on a record player, the number nine intro sounds like turn me on dead man. (laughs) And it's so, yeah, nothing. But then this started this big hoax where people started to say that on Strawberry Fields, there's like, if you do it in reverse, there's a, a lyric that says, I buried Paul and... Mm -hmm. it just led to this massive giant hoax where paul mccartney has had to deny it well he would do wouldn't he if not the real paul mccartney (laughs) yeah so that's why i've included this
0: yeah okay i was going to call you right out and say this is an avant-garde lots of sounds it's very bizarre from beatles yes yeah it's knowingly bizarre it's knowingly through one of their strangest periods of time but i wouldn't necessarily say beyond a a collage of creepy sounds. It was much of a song to to count this as a as a horror song. But I think you pulled it back with the old uh, Paul Conspiracy, because the Paul Conspiracy is hilarious uh, in its absurdity. The nature of the Abbey Road album cover is meant to signify his death as well, apparently. And there's yeah. uh, on the Help album cover where they do the semaphore, which doesn't mean anything. Someone thinks it means uh, new... Paul singer person or something like that and it like it's all nonsense it's oh, all hilarious stuff.
1: but i think um john lennon added to the creepiness of this song by saying it's about four angels chatting to the devil and basically trying to make a lazy metaphor that the beatles are selling out or something like that
0: yeah i will i will give it to you for the whole stuff about playing it backwards playing things backwards is such a trope of they think um people put you know demon summonings worshiping the devil stuff like that so that, that all that context but i think without context it is it's not necessarily a scary no. song it feels like someone having a mental breakdown on the yeah. record
1: good well Do we have an end of the show jingle to do our summary? I can't remember if we do. Well, if we do, play it now. Okay, so that is more or less the end of the show and we're going to do the best of the best.
0: Best of the best. It was
1: going so swimmingly until we hit songs, wasn't it?
0: We never agree on our songs and that's fine. I I don't mind that and I think think you're much more picky on songs. So...
1: (laughs) films Craig i think well, this is an easy one films it's the shining isn't The it? shining yeah i think we could easily move on from that one
0: and you're not far off from jaws but just for pure terrifying nature shining will yeah tip it
1: definitely okay tv shows i'd, I'd admit that it's probably not going to be um strange um, but yeah. true it's not strange but true no black
0: mirror or, or true, true, true blood, blood. Um, i i i think the the, the truest's is The Haunting of Hill House that we've mentioned here. Yeah, I'll go with that. Straight up and down horror, and it is scary.
1: (laughs) Right, put on your gloves now. Songs.
0: I don't think it's any of yours. Um, (laughs) I I don't agree with yours. I think it's, for me... Bad Moon Rising. (laughs) For the way I depict uh, horror as a genre in my head, I think Wicker Man and Iron Maiden. They personify this camp kind of horror, and I think Mm, they're good.
1: I I don't know. I can get on board with that.
0: Oh, are you sticking your nails to the cross? Well,
1: well, because with that one, like, it's not really horror. It's you know, you might as well have chosen the monster mash.
0: Oh no, it's not. But
1: I, I don't think I can argue with O Fortuna. O Fortuna. even though i thought you had terrible choices but...
0: <laughs> your choices weren't even horror so i don't know they, what you're getting they at. pretty much were well they're, they're just say, they're in... just <laughs> creepy <laughs>
1: what do i do when i disagree if you disagree get yeah. in touch with <laughs> at a playlist of
0: playlist of um... okay
1: yeah okay go with oh for tuna, if tuna. A dirty putting yeah i feel dirty putting that there i don't think we've done well there
0: I, okay. I, I was very happy with my um, song choices. I think they were very well considered and sought out. I think you just went for songs about murders. Anyway, continue this debate on Twitter. Shall
1: I get the guitar?
0: Let's get the guitar out. Tell us where they can find us. Tell us where they can find us. Find us on Twitter. Handle at a playlist of. Uh, okay, sing Let's out. go. Thank you for listening. songs to cater your mood, a certain film for how you're feeling, what TV shows to suit your attitude, situation change, what you find appealing, so we got together and made a podcast, making list of different
1: things, and it's called,
0: a playlist for everything, a playlist for everything. A playlist for, for everything. A playlist for everything.